This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not demanding that Congress stop Elon Musk. Check it out, Elizabeth Warren, going all in to kneecap Twitter, partly because of their dependence on big tech censorship, mostly because she prefers sending smoke signals. I admire your honesty. Uh, We will discuss the war on free speech. Chadwick Moore, regular guest on Tucker Carlson tonight. He explains why left-wing fashion companies keep catering to perverts. The people in charge of our culture are emotionally stunted and weird. It's a big Thursday episode. We've got all kinds of updates on railway strikes and everything in between. You could be a part of it at 888 788 9910. You know the rules on the show today and every dang day. Sing along at home or in the office, or if you're an OTR trucker, wherever you happen to find yourself, maybe you're picking up a noon shift at the strip club. Hubba, hubba. We don't care. All we ask is that you be a Republican, you be a Democrat. Just don't be a. <laughs> Big shout out off the top of today's show. It being Thursday, it being December the 1st. 2022 got a big birthday in our audience today my man Ethan Gonzalez turns 12 years old today happy birthday Ethan Gonzalez his dad Matt Atkinson uh he and I met at a comedy shindig way back when well uh the youngster happens to be a part of uh the deep bench that we have here uh, at Fox Across America we got a lot of young kids who listen to this show because they hear me and my dirtbag kid yucking it up on the air talking about the fact that I keep kicking Lincoln's ass and play in Madden shut your mouth but the point is uh, Nathan's a big part of what we do here so happy birthday my man there's a shout out for you uh, anybody can get a shout out on this show except at this point Elizabeth Warren she's worse than Kamala Elizabeth Warren's an idiot And I'm going to dive right in on this because there's two overlapping things in play right now. Okay, as we get underway today, this is fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. Elizabeth Warren uh, is part of this stampede of stupidity in Washington that I've been covering all week. I've led the show with it every day this week. Uh, which very rarely happens on this. We like to shuffle the deck and kind of move around. There's always some emerging issue. But the First Amendment of the Constitution is the it's the most important amendment. It's the it's number one. It's batting leadoff. I said this yesterday on the show. You know, in the iconic Guns N' Roses album "Appetite for Destruction," the album opens with "Welcome to the Jungle." Okay, that's the big one. That whole thing. The big guitar and all that stuff. Crazy, right? Okay, it's the number one amendment. It's the most important one we have, and our own government is trying to stop it right now. Guns N' Roses is trying to ban Welcome to the Jungle. What the hell is the world coming to? It makes no sense, okay? But Elizabeth Warren's a big part of this. Of course, Apple has weighed in and, 
done their best to throw its weight around as it pertains to advertising on Twitter, leading the charge. You know, we had that ominous threat from Karine Jean-Pierre, who was like, yeah, we're watching you, Twitter. That's so, you know, again, it's the mafia equivalent of like, yeah, it's a nice business. I'd hate to see something bad happen to it. So how about, you know, you come around every month, you give us a little taste, you give us a little tribute. That's what all of these Democrats are calling for, is their tribute, their taste is left-wing censorship. That's what they got used to. Democrats got really lazy. So there's two dueling threats to them right now. One is the fact that they're going to have to work a little more now because what the Democrats have been able to do in the age of social media is take an extreme position and then tell you that anyone who opposed it should be banned from polite society because they were some kind of a bigot, they were some kind of a homophobe. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. I mean, when you think about how much they've gotten away with in doing so, even if it came to, like, COVID and stuff, they were able to shame people out of the public square because Twitter was censoring true stories. And by censoring them and by banning them from political discourse, it was easy to depict them as fringe. So if you got on, uh, you know, the Internet or you got on the radio, say, you know, eight months ago, and you're like, you know, vaccinated people are getting COVID, they would have been like, oh, hell no, you are banned from society. We got to shame these people. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because, frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. (laughs) But understand, every one of those people was wrong. But we were shaming the unvaccinated. Twitter was aiding and abetting that, just like they were aiding and abetting, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop story when they censored it in the run up to the elections. The Democrats, number one, they were lazy. They got used to big tech doing the dirty work for them. We'll take a position. Anyone who opposes it is now a bad guy. Let's ostracize them. Let's depict it as fringe. That's what they did. And that's what I'm calling out. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Whatever. But think about it. Think of something like the Babylon Bee. Okay, Babylon B does satire. It's a right-wing version of The Onion. In truth, it's a funny version of The Onion. Onion used to be funny, and then politics got in the way of its editorializing as it pertains to humor. The Onion went woke. Everything woke turns to Yep, and we know how it played out. But think about the Babylon B. The Babylon B was banned from Twitter under the old regime because they pointed out that there were biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Okay, and the Babylon Bee, for pointing that out, got thrown off of Twitter, gone, banned. That's how they got things done on the left. So, of course, the left feels pretty threatened by the idea that they're losing that censorship cudgel that was helping them, you know, label the opposition to stifle debate. Why are we going to compete in the idea battle if we can just continuously win the censorship battle? That was the Democrat M.O. for the past five years. Oh, they've got an idea. Let's go, boys. It's hate speech. Charge. Okay, that's going away now. And they've got a big problem on their hand. And they are not happy about it. Here is Elizabeth Warren throwing down the gauntlet. 
Republicans say that um, Democrats are picking on Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing just fine. But do you think that users have a right to freedom of speech, even if what they're saying is wrong or offensive? I think that one human being should not decide how millions of people communicate with each other. One human being should not be able to go into a dark room by himself and decide, oh, that person gets heard from, that person doesn't. That's not how it should work. Shut up! Will you shut up? I mean, seriously, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Get her out. Get her out of here. Okay, first of all, she's lying through her face. Okay, her claim, one man shouldn't decide who can and can't tweet. What he's saying is that everyone can tweet. Okay, her argument is not who he's denying access to Twitter. Her real argument, she just doesn't want to say it out loud, is who, okay, he's giving access to. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, there's no left-wing person banned. You have no high-profile left-wing you know, tweet person who can't get on there. You have no high-profile left-wing media outlet that can't get on there. In the history of Twitter censorship... We've seen 62,000 bannings, 62,000, okay? What they all had in common is they were right-wing. Bingo. 62,000 accounts. They don't ban left-wing accounts on Twitter. Why? Because it's a 100% liberal company prior to Elon Musk taking over. Now, if you remember when the old regime banned Donald Trump and banned all the Republicans, what was Elizabeth Warren saying then? Oh, they're a private company. They can do whatever they want. And I told people then, you can't let big tech be the arbiters of speech in this country if they're going to be denying our rights. They're going to be granting our rights. I'm fine with it because we all have the First Amendment. It's the opening track on the album. But the minute big tech becomes the gatekeeper of who can and can't talk, buyer beware if you're a Democrat because the shoe could wind up on the other foot. And at the time, they were like, oh, shut up, you MAGA white supremacist, January 6th, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? The shoe's on the other foot now. (laughs) But think about this. To Elizabeth Warren's whole point... That, ah, one man shouldn't be able to go into a room and decide who should and should. Again, he's not doing that. The first thing he actually announced, and if you read the Twitter declaration which came out yesterday on Wednesday, is that there is a panel at Twitter, just as there was in the past, that will make sure the site strays away from violence. Do you know that since Elon Musk took over Twitter, hate speech is down over 123%. Does anybody tell you that anywhere in the media, anywhere at all? The answer would be no. Of course not. You know what else is way down on Twitter since he took over? Child porn. Okay, it's down over 228%. Does anybody in the media tell you that? The answer would be no. No, he's actually cleaning up the site. But everybody in the media is like, we're all going to die. The media is a bunch of losers. Okay, so understand, Elizabeth Warren is lying. It's not one man deciding who can and can't tweet. Okay, and again, that's not her fear. Her fear is not that some people will be denied the right to tweet on the left. Her fear is that people on the right will be able to tell the truth. That's true. That is true. And you know who the person she's the most scared of and he doesn't even happen to be on the right? Elon Musk. That is correct. Okay, we'll talk about this. Okay, yes, this critique 
is directly in line with her eat the rich, demonize the wealthy mindset. One billionaire shouldn't be able to decide. I'm not on board. You know, sadly, those claims are about as real as her Native American heritage, which is to say they aren't real. But the Democrats are in a really desperate spot because, one, they're going to have to work in the idea battle which means the Republicans can get out there, the people who are on the right side of every banned issue of the last year and a half, okay? Every banned issue on Twitter. Everybody who warned you about misinformation on Twitter was spreading misinformation at the time they were doing it. That's the truth. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. No, they're not, because they've got a bigger head to jump over. And you know whose head it happens to be? Sadly, Elon Musk's. Why? Because what did he admit yesterday? Elon Musk revealed on Twitter that they interfered in the 2020 election. Oh, wow! And this is the kind of stuff they're so threatened by. You understand, when the Democrats won in 2020, okay, I don't believe it was stolen. I don't tell you it was stolen. There were a lot of irregularities in the way we voted. They changed laws, went around state legislatures, and conducted the election in an unprecedented manner. But men I've talked to on this show and off this show, men of high character, men who had the highest access to the election, guys like Bill Barr, guys like Mike Pence, have straight up said on the show, you've heard them say it on the show, hey, Jimbo, there was fraud in the 2020 election. Not necessarily on a level that swung the outcome, but there was fraud, okay, as there is in every election. Now, understand what did really swing the election that does matter, that we all know to be true, that is so threatening to the Democrats because Elon Musk is shining that sunlight on it, is the fact that by banning the Hunter Biden laptop story, they interfered in the election. All the people who warn us about protecting democracy were the ones running election interference. If the government colludes with big tech to stifle our ability to converse honestly about a presidential election, that is, by definition, election interference. I think he's got a point. Okay, and understand, the 2020 election, the 2020 election, you see the polling, you hear it quoted a lot, 15% of Joe Biden voters say they would have changed their vote If they knew the Hunter Biden story was legit, 15 percent took it about 12 or 13 million voters in an election that was decided by 50,000 votes. So did they, you know, steal the election per se? Not really. But they cheated. They kind of bribed the refs to look the other way on a game changing pass interference call. Understand every single news outlet that denied The legitimacy of that story is now on board with saying it's real. Think about places like the New York Times, places like the Washington Post. They wrote lengthy op-eds explaining why they weren't going to publish the Hunter Biden story. We're not going to cover it. It's fake. And then when the election was over, they were like, oh, by the way, it's real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But every one of these jackasses that's trying to now attack Elon Musk, a freedom of speech and censorship, big tech oligarchs, I've been saying it all week, man. Okay, they ain't doing it because of you. 
If they cared about your safety, they'd ban TikTok. They wouldn't let people murder each other on Facebook Live. The only thing they care about is Democratic safety. But they'll keep wailing in front of any microphone that'll have them because they want you to believe you're the priority. And I'm just telling you because I care. Democrats are so full of crap. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Boom! There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing on a Thursday. Got a lot going on today. Andy Biggs is going to be here. He is challenging Kevin McCarthy for a House Speaker role. That's going to get rowdy. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. I don't know. Fighting words. And, of course, uh, Chadwick Moore. My man Chadwick Moore is coming by. Love Chadwick. He's going to weigh in this Elon Musk story as well. Here's the Elon Musk tweet yesterday. Uh, The shot heard around the world. Um... Elon Musk tweets, the obvious reality, as longtime users know, is that Twitter has failed in trust and safety for a very long time and has interfered in elections. Twitter 2.0 will be far more effective, transparent and even handed. I will say it again, has interfered in elections. Yes, they have. You understand the old Twitter. They didn't get it wrong. This is the part that drives me crazy. All of these companies that are finding Jesus a little late in the service, well, it turns out it was a mistake to ban Donald Trump's laptop. That implies that they were doing the best they could at the time, and then they just wound up getting it wrong. Okay, that's the implication there. Come on, don't bullshit me. Which is exactly what they're doing, because the truth is they knew it was real. They knew it was real. The director of national intelligence was like, oh, no, this is real. The FBI was like, oh, no, this is real. Hunter Biden's living, breathing business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, came forward to say, hey, I'm the guy who received all these emails. They're real. Hunter's a dirtbag. He took it one step further and said, you know who the big guy is, the guy who's getting that 10% cut? It's the Democratic nominee. Are you the big man, Joe? That was the question everybody wanted answered. But all of a sudden, there was no intellectual curiosity out of the left. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. And you understand the reason that stuff matters is because if the president is compromised, you're compromised. I'm compromised. We're all screwed. This type of interference, this type of big tech censorship is the kind of stuff that not only swings elections, but swings republics, swings the fate of the country. That's why this is significant. That's why somebody like me who sounds like they're getting paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila... Sounds like he's on even stronger stuff this week. The champ is not happy. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And neither should you. 
out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. You are not my fan. You are my friend. If you come hang out with me at one of the events this month or next month, the month after, it's Fox Cross America. We go on the road all the time. Basically because Fox wants me out of the building. They just, you know, they assume I'm a, <laughs> I'm a walking, talking HR violation, which is not true. They just want me away from the pantry because I've been getting a little carried away with the fork and knife. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. But if you come hang out at one of these events, uh, we'll be at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City next Friday, December 9th, and Saturday, December 10th. Tickets for that at BricktownComedy.com. Following weekend, we are at the Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's December the 16th, December the 17th. Tickets for that at summitcitycomedy.com. If you come to these events, you hang out before the show, after the show. You go, oh, I know. I'm actually like friends with the guy from Fox News. Oh, my gosh. The guy's on, you know, all the shows. So, you know, Gutfeld and America's Newsroom. He does Tucker and the Ingram and all of them. Hannity, Jesse, the whole Barnyard Jamboree, the five. How about it? Wow, that guy. Yeah, he's like, I'm actually friends with him. You can say that. You can tell your friends you know me. We're friends. We're friends. Okay, that's the thing. I'm giving you an unparalleled level of access when it comes to this multimedia stuff. Because I don't come from this background. I think this is the coup attempt of the century that a regular person like us, they'd normally want something with far more education. The people I work with here, you know, geniuses. They're all, everybody you walk around with is, bri- you know, pretty brilliant. Except, you know, probably Gutfeld. You are correct, sir. I kid, but he's a really sharp guy as well, obviously. But the point is, uh, a regular person like me with a background in driving a cab, gets on the radio every day and can talk to you like an equal because, I mean, we are. In most instances, you're above me. You probably have more money than me. you got to be more educated than I am. But the point being is when it comes to the issues I prioritize on this show, I'm very much prioritizing them because of the impact they have on your life. We don't talk politics so much as we talk life. We don't talk political issues so much as we talk human issues, which brings me to the issue of crime in this country. One of the reasons I am so hopped up about all of this, you know, war on free speech stuff that's going on at Twitter is because when given the opportunity to cheat the angle, to slant the conversation, not only does the media do so, but they do so at the expense of our well-being oftentimes. A good example of this would be crime. Now, I'm going to give the Washington Post sort of credit here, sort of credit. The Washington Post has a big op-ed out this week about the fact that America has a homicide crisis on its hands. And to be clear, it does. Our national homicide rate is up over 30%. It's at a 30-year high since the defund police movement began. Okay, at a 30-year high since people started telling us, you know, the police are a bigger threat to the community than the criminals they're sworn to protect us again. That was the narrative for two years in this country. They physically cut police budgets in major municipalities like New York and Los Angeles and Oakland and Philadelphia and Baltimore. They cut the money out from the people that protect us. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But understand 
Not only did that further the divide between police and the communities they're trying to protect us against, okay, when it comes they're trying to protect, period. Okay, but understand, it also ushered in an era of woke bail reforms that had more empathy for the criminal than the victim. Everything woke turns to This is the reality that has sent murder rates soaring. You take a city like Philadelphia, you know, a lot of Democrats tell you, well, it's not as bad as it was in the 80s and the 90s. What kind of consolation of that is that that to somebody who just saw somebody they love get killed or somebody who's getting killed themselves? Well, you would have been killed a lot faster in the 90s. Like, what are we talking about? The, uh, The indifference to suffering drives me insane. Oh, gosh, it drives me nuts. But understand, the Washington Post, now that the midterms are over, now that the midterms are over, they are addressing the fact that we have a homicide crisis in this country. But what they're not acknowledging along the way is that these homicides are occurring in very specific places. No, I don't mean cities. I mean cities that are run by Democrats. Bingo. Okay, nowhere in this article, nine heartbreaking stories from America's crime crisis, do they ever acknowledge once who is responsible for these woke bail reforms? Who is responsible for cutting these police budgets? Is there any Republican out there that voted to defund the police? The answer would be no. No, I'm going to listen. Just to refresh your memory. People have no memory anymore in this day and age because you get so inundated You get so inundated with news and updates and notifications that we're often conversing with no regard for the prior conversations we've had about specific subjects. We do something on our show. It's called permanent audio. I hold on to news clips that I think will be relevant going forward. So the next time we get together and discuss a topic, we can kind of like update the record on, well, this is what they said last time. You know, a quick short example, like let's say vaccine mandates, okay? Do you remember in vaccine mandates prior to having a vaccine mandate, it was sworn to us up and down that we'd never have a vaccine mandate. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the covid vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Really seemed that way. But the point is, that was a position he took. We're never going to have a mandate. It's unenforceable. We've never done that. Three weeks later, we had a mandate. This is politics as usual. But I just point this stuff out. And I bring it up again because one of the things we have when it comes to permanent audio is a really good handle on who was pushing to defund the police. I'm going to refresh your memory to the spring of 2020. You tell me what everybody in this montage has in common when it's done playing. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. I am for defunding the police. Look, the reality is we can't rely upon the police to provide public safety. It's a moment to reimagine 
policing, to take things off the shoulders. And what we also want is a reconception of how we achieve public safety. How do we take out many of the responsibilities that police officers are now dealing with by investing more into housing, into education, into these other things? You know, in, in many cities in America, over one third of their city budget goes to police. So we have to have this conversation. What are we doing? Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! But understand, what do every one of those people have in common? They all happen to be Democrats. In the summer of 2020, Joe Biden accepted the Democratic nomination for president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Okay, and when they were at that convention in Milwaukee, he and Kamala made it a point to stop and see Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake a black man, sexually assaulted a woman who had an order of protection against him at knife point. He then attempted to abduct her child, the same child that had witnessed him sexually assault the mom. Cops showed up to the scene. A violent struggle ensued. He wound up getting shot six times. The Democrats, with a straight face, used that incident to fan the flames of division that were already burning from the George Floyd killing, a killing we all agreed was unjust, but they tried to pass the buck onto a bigger entity. Said, well, it's not the cop that knelt on his neck, it's America. We're systemically racist. So we've got to get rid of Donald Trump, who's been in government for four years, and replace him with Joe Biden, who's been in government for 50. He'll look out for the black community. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? The Democrats created a world mindset, a collective psychology that told people cops were out there hunting them for sport. Again, they visited Jacob Blake in the hospital. He was the martyr. Did they visit the victim who got assaulted? The answer would be no. The kid they tried to kidnap? The answer would be no. No! What do you visit him for? He's not politically viable. You go after the guy who got shot, you call the cops racist. As if you're a cop showing up to the scene of a crime, you hear a woman's been assaulted, a kid's being abducted, there's a lunatic who she has an order of protection against, and you want me to believe the cops are reacting to skin color in that situation? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up but here. That's what they ran with. That is what they created. They did. They have to own that. I said it at the time. The three dumbest words I have ever heard in my life were D. Fund the police. Yes, those are three words. I count it. This isn't one of those Biden statements where he goes, I got two words for you. Made in America. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But when the Washington Post gets out there and they write this heartbreaking story about the nine different people who've lost people due to the spike in homicides in this country, but they fail to acknowledge whose policies are driving this, where these crimes are occurring. You understand they're stopping our ability to solve the problem. That's my issue. That's the reason I stay on the censorship issue so much is because if you can't converse about it honestly, if you can't call it what it is, there's no way you can solve it, dude. There's no way you can solve it. So everybody reads the Washington Post like, hey, we got a homicide problem. I guess we should do something. Yeah, you should. You should stop voting for people who are letting criminals out on these woke cashless bail reforms that have turned our streets into a straight-up shooting gallery. Like, we're living in a version of the purge right now. Where I'm out in New York, damn. It's where SEAL Team 6 goes to get scared. It's madness where I live. 
It's madness where a lot of you live. And it's because of these policies that have created this environment. And understand, everybody who created these policies had no fear of how it would affect them because they all have police details surrounding them everywhere I go. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. Look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. <laughs> John Kennedy, God love him. But think about that. And the Washington Post writes this big editorial. This is how they did us at every turn on Twitter. That's why they're losing their minds over Elon Musk's refusal not to cooperate with regime narratives. Okay, when you contradict the regime narrative, factually, it's a really big problem for the regime. That's why they were shutting down all the COVID garbage. That's why they shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story. Hunter Biden's laptop is real. Hunter Biden sold influence in our government. Understand this. Hunter Biden was put on the board of a Ukrainian power company that was negotiating a deal with a country Hunter Biden's dad was the vice president of. That's not right. Okay, it's by definition a quid pro quo, a pay-to-play political gesture. A Ukrainian power company hires a guy who doesn't have any background in energy, who doesn't speak Ukrainian language, but they put him on the board anyway for a million dollars a month because they want access to his dad. Now, his dad tells us up and down the campaign trail I've never talked to my son, never talked to him once about his business dealings. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Okay, because the emails tell us they have. Not only has he talked to them, but he's met them. They've flown to China. The business partner says Biden's getting a 10% kickback. He should be behind bars. Who knows? But the point is, getting to the bottom of whether anyone should be behind bars and whether or not this was even a story was denied to us by the people who controlled the speech in this country. And you understand when you control the speech, you control the people, and you deny the people solutions. I don't know that Joe Biden's compromised. I know there's a lot here that makes it look like, you know, there's some smoke, there could be some fire. But we have, as Americans, the right to get to the bottom of it. Okay, just the same with this Washington Post crap I'm talking to you about. We have a homicide problem in this country. We're at a 30-year high, and we can't even call it what it is, which means none of the policies that would solve the problem are going to go away anytime soon. And that's where the media censorship is such a grave threat to you and me. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Common sense from a not-so-sensible man. It's the compassion. It's the, it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the, it's the horse sense of the guy that gets you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre. Your diversity hire at the White House. Talking about big tech social media companies calling out misinformation. Here it is. 
I would hope that all Americans, uh, including social media companies, civil rights organizations I just laid out, <laughs> including Fox as well, will agree that uh, we need to, uh, you know, we need to, uh, to, uh, you know, call out hate speech and misinformation. Girl, please stop talking right now. Okay, again, this is a straw man argument. Hate speech is down on Twitter since Elon Musk took it over. Child pornography, way down on Twitter since Elon Musk took it over. This is no different than when they argue, you know, they're, we're protecting democracy. Yo, they interfered in the last election, the 2020 presidential election. It's no different than when he said, well, we've got to stop the election deniers. We can't have election deniers in politics. There's no place for that. Karine Jean-Pierre herself has tweeted on three separate occasions that the 2016 election was stolen and that the 2018 election was stolen from Stacey Abrams. So you understand if election denying is something that really concerns them, they'd stop doing it. The other thing is this whole hates, we got to protect people. Yo, you're letting China and the Communist Party steal every single piece of information off of our cell phones through TikTok. TikTok is owned, okay, by a company named ByteDance, which is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Okay, Democratic lawmakers like Senator Mark Warner from Virginia have echoed the sentiments of Donald Trump, who signed an executive order banning TikTok in the summer of 2020, said no more. This is bad. This is China. They're infiltrating our culture. They're stealing our information. They got to go. And what happened when Joe Biden got back into office? He signed an executive order allowing TikTok back into the party. Biden sucks. Okay, at the very least, he's not looking out for the safety of Americans. So when you try to tell me you care by going after Twitter, but you let TikTok do its thing, you really contradict yourself. John Kirby was asked about Apple trying to shut down Elon Musk. He went the private company route. Here it is. In general, and we've uh, been clear about this all around the world, we uh, uh, we want the individual citizens, uh, no matter what government they live under, to be able to communicate freely and openly, transparently and reliably. Uh, and we've uh, we've made that clear with respect to Iran, and we certainly continue to make that clear here with respect but to have China. You made that clear now, look, to Apple, Apple, <laughs> Apple, Apple's a private company, Martha. They have to make uh, decisions, and uh, they have to speak for those decisions. But but here at the White House, here in the administration, we want to see that that individual citizens, whether they're protesting or not. Uh, but in this case, I know that's the context we're talking about, are, are able to communicate freely and openly. Oh, man. Come on, dude. What an idiot. Okay. The caveat there is, what did he say? Apple's a private company. They can do whatever they want. It's true. I agree. 100%. You know who else is a private company? Can do whatever they want? Twitter. So maybe we stop trying to shut them down and take away the free speech rights of Americans. Because if Apple can do what they want, so can Twitter. Get your head out of your ass. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. There it is. Back in action. For a big hour, a grown-up hour, a big boy, a big girl, a big they, a big them hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. And we got a wild one. Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist, a man who worked on the Biden campaign. What an idiot. Stop it. We love Walling. You know this is an audio safe space. Believe what you want. Vote for who you want. Uh, We want to talk across the aisle. Why? Because we are confident. We are confident in our ideas on this program. Can you dig it? 
Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Which I mentioned because Tim Cook, uh, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, could not dig it. Uh, to update the conversation we were having at the very tippy top of the show today here on Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, we were haranguing the war on free speech and specifically Apple and the fact that they had stopped spending money, uh, you know, purchasing ads or at least drawn it down considerably, at which point they were called out by Elon Musk on Twitter. And he said, yo, Apple, what do you got against free speech, man? Come on. He called him out. And you know what? Good for him, uh, because we can now report that Tim Cook and Elon Musk did have a get together yesterday at Apple headquarters in Silicon Valley. And as it turns out, we'll at least give them credit for this. Apple has renewed its commitment to invest in TikTok and wants us to believe uh, simultaneously that they were never once considering banning it from the App Store. Come on, don't bullshit me. Listen, I don't know that they are or they aren't, uh, but I do know they were trying to buy back some currency in a public relations war they were losing. Why? Okay, Apple has a lot of liabilities. You know how I was saying earlier, people don't want the Hunter Biden story coming out because they were complicit in covering something up that they knew was real at the time that they covered it up. That's true. That is true. Remember that. Every news network that's like, oh, it turns out the Hunter Biden laptop was true. They're not doing that based on new information. All the information that's available today was available when the story broke two years ago. You are correct, sir. So what that is, is for, for real, it's a shameless exercise in, you know, revisionist ass covering for the people who tried to cover up the Hunter Biden story, what China is trying to tamp down, just the way the people who covered Hunter are trying to tamp down any interest in that story going forward now, what, what, what Apple is trying to tamp down, to be clear, is the relationship with China. Apple, right now, around the world, has only suspended its airdrop on its iPhone in one country, and that country happens to be China, where people are revolting against a communist party that not only enslaves its people and commits ethnic genocide, but builds most of the iPhones that you're walking around with and I'm walking around with. Oh, wow. So they don't want a public war with Elon Musk because they don't want to draw any more attention to their business dealings in China than they already have. Bingo. That's what we're watching. But needless to say, it's a big day because free speech will live to fight another day, at least as it pertains to Apple. Now, one of the things about free speech that you should be also embracing, let's yes, the good news is we converse honestly on Twitter. We're allowed to converse honestly on Twitter anyway for a few more weeks. That's the good news. The bad news is you do have to be accepting of the fact that you're going to hear a lot of garbage that is a straight lie to your face, which brings me to the next thing we need to cover in this hour. OK, the whole premise of free speech is what? I disagree with what you're saying, but I will defend you to the death for your right to say it. That's the point. That's the whole point of the app. It's not you have to be right. It's not you have to be honest. It's that you have the right to say it. Freedom! Which brings me to John Kirby, who was speaking at the White House yesterday. And with a straight face, and listen, if we're going to defend free speech, we've got to be okay with this. John Kirby, with a straight face, got up to the White House podium, okay, got on Fox and Friends, a show I appear on regularly. They know where their bread is buttered. You heard me, Kilmead. I'm kidding. Come on, stop it. But a show uh, where he got out there yesterday and with a straight face tried telling America that the rest of the world was impressed, impressed 
by the Afghan troop withdrawal. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Really think about that, okay? They were asked yesterday, John Kirby, he's speaking on behalf of the White House. They were asked about the fact that China has been using, as have other enemies of this of our country around the world, they have been using images of the Afghan troop withdrawal in propaganda videos, showing them to their country. Look at America. They abandoned their allies. All of these translators who helped them in the war on terror, 10,000 American allies left behind enemy lines. America, they took their troops out ahead of their civilians. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And then as people were literally so desperate to flee Taliban rule that they were throwing babies over a barbed wire fence to anyone that could catch them. Okay? Put that in your brain for a second. You ever been to a Major League Baseball game? Right field, he catches a pop fly end of the inning. He's jogging off the field, just throws the ball into the stands. Whichever fan catches it gets a ball. Now imagine doing that with your baby. That's the quality of life we created in Afghanistan as we fled and left our allies behind. Guys are pulling an Aaron Judge, catch a pop-up, running back to the dugout, throw their baby into the stands. Whoever catches it gets to take it home because anything's better than Afghanistan. What the hell is the world coming to? Disgusting. But John Kirby was willing to get on TV yesterday and and, and tell the world, oh, no, you don't understand. People were, were impressed by our speed of our evacuation. We were a marvel to the rest of the world. I mean, it's the most successful airlift in America in the world history. But what he leaves out is the fact of why the airlift was necessary. Okay? It's like telling me, oh, you, you guys, what do you mean I'm bad with the economy? We just had the best bankruptcy sale I've ever witnessed. Yeah, great. Uh, but, but we're having it because we're bankrupt. Okay? We had an airlift because, again, these idiots pulled the troops out ahead of the civilians. The guys with the guns went home before the guys with the iPhones. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Not if you're John Kirby. It's a smashing success. Here it is, clip 12. I don't know that uh, that's the Pentagon's assessment that it was a propaganda gift uh, to to China. If anything, uh, nations like China and Russia took a look at what we did in Afghanistan, and we've talked about this many, many times over the last year, uh, and and had to marvel uh, at the speed, the efficiency, and the effectiveness uh, that a very small number number of troops, Brian, you listen to me now, hear me out, a small number of troops were able to move that many Afghans and safely out of that country. Uh, No other nation in the world can do that. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Could you imagine getting on TV? You're on Fox and Friends, okay? This is a show that has millions of viewers, okay? Not to mention that it's going to recirculate all over the Internet. It's Fox and Friends, okay? It's Killmead. It's Ducey. It's Ainsley. Listen, she's carrying most of the ratings. I know the other two, but I kid. But stick with me. You're on Fox and Friends. You're talking to millions of people, millions of people who followed the Afghan collapse. And that's what it was. It wasn't withdrawal. It was a collapse. Okay. Biden and every military general who advised that retreat. Okay. We went to Afghanistan. We spilled countless dollars, countless dollars, a trillion dollars, untold amounts of blood and treasure to make sure it did not become a breeding ground for terror groups. That was the point of us spending 20 years in Afghanistan. But Joe Biden, and this is true, wanted to get out of Afghanistan in time for September 11th so he could look America in the face and he could say, oh, I got the troops out on time. It's a milestone. We're ending the war on terror. This is a good photo op. Tell them like it is. Okay, he wanted a photo op. So they got the troops home first like a bunch of idiots. 
But understand the 20-year investment we made of treasure and people, okay, and the allies and the, and the people in the region who helped us all got screwed. Never mind that the whole point of going there was to make sure it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups. We left with a terror group running the government. But, oh, by the way, this time around, they had $85 billion worth of American weapons. That can't be good. We're living in the death of shame. There is no shame anywhere in this White House. Okay. I caveat that with the fact that he does have the right to go on TV and say that. Freedom of speech. Yes, it should come with a responsibility and a basic decency. Do they have either of that in the White House? The answer would be no. No, there is a level of lying going on. Let me give you another one because they're just they're fascinating. The things you're hearing out of this White House today. Again, these are people that get on TV with a straight face. And they'll tell you anything. They'll tell you anything. If it works, if it helps the cause, if it aids and abets the narrative that day. No, no, we got this. I'm telling you, this is good. This is, this is good for the country. No, it's good. You got you to talk to me here. This is what's going on. OK. OK, we got this big dopey meeting today. Biden's hanging out with Macron, French president or as he's going to call him, Nicolas Sarkozy, at least five times. Okay, but as they're asked about that today, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre jumps in and starts talking about how, well, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, we're going to point out that it deals with climate change in a real way. Now, why is this significant? Because Macron is pissed at Biden. Okay, this is a big hot topic that you're going to watch on the, cha- on the channel later, and you'll watch on whatever crazy channel you watch. I don't know if you wa- hopefully you're watching Fox. Heaven forbid you're watching CNN. CNN is the worst. Okay, but stick with me. Okay, Macron and the whole European Union is pissed at Biden because they went out and did something called climate change reparations, where they took your tax dollars and started giving poor nations reparations because they're saying, you know, our industrial expansion has led to bad weather over there. Now, they're behind the eight ball. They're having bad weather. It's going to lead to adverse health effects. So here's a big check of reparations. And now now that we're done talking about climate change, if you don't mind, I'm going to get in my private jet and fly back to the rest of the world. Now, understand what's going on in France right now. Their green energy agenda has failed their people in a population that's not even a fifth the size of our country. What is France doing right now, today? They're opening up coal plants. They are opening coal plants in France. The uh, Biden, if you remember a month ago, said we're going to close every one of these plants in America. It's green energy time and got in all kinds of trouble in West Virginia. Pissed off Joe Manchin because he was like, how dare you? It's 90 percent of the industry. What are you talking about? We're going to close the coal plants. OK, but that's what Biden said at a time when the European Union is being forced to embrace coal again, embrace fossil fuels as a whole because we can't live without them right now. We're not equipped to do this without fossil fuels in the next two, 200 years. And anybody who tells you otherwise is just flat lying to you. But because he went out and he spent all of this money on climate change reparations, he has destabilized energy markets in Europe, number one, and he has created a problem as it pertains to the inter, uh, you know, international trade that goes back and forth between these countries, number two, because what the accusation from the from the excuse me, from the Macron camp. I didn't want to call him Sarkozy after making fun of Biden for calling him Sarkozy. Uh, but the Macron camp, OK, the accusation is they oversubsidized these countries, which is going to throw trade relations off balance in the short term. The easiest way to explain it to you without getting wonky and turning this into one of those boring shows that puts all my OTR truckers to sleep behind the wheel. OK, it's no different than enhanced unemployment benefits. Uh, uh, small businesses got screwed when they started paying workers more money to stay home than they did to go to work because there was that window where nobody could hire. 
because people who'd be working part-time jobs were no longer getting off the couch because they had two, three months worth of salary saved up. So they were like, screw it. I'll watch a little more Netflix in my pajamas. And that's what they did. And it upended the small business industry. This is metaphorically very similar to the over-subsidy that's taking place as it pertains to climate change reparations. And just so we're all on the same page, one dollar, one dollar of climate change reparations is an over-subsidy. Nobody should be getting reparations for climate change. Would you stop it? Nobody can show you any data that says this is even a thing. And they can show you plenty of data that says wind and solar are failing us. They can show you all kinds of data that China's committing ethnic genocide in the Uyghur province of Hubei where they're manufacturing solar panels. But can they show you any evidence that this is even a thing in terms of the climate changing and man causing it? The answer would be no. Do they have any evidence that man cutting back on carbon emissions would change it? The answer would be no. Believe me, the old adage is when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you got nothing, pound the table. Democrats have been pounding the table on climate change for 30 years. Put up or shut up. The only difference is that their argument has changed repeatedly. First, we were going to freeze to death. Then we were going to melt. Then it was all right. Well, we we didn't freeze to death, but it turns out we're going to melt. Then it was like, all right, we didn't melt in 10 years like we said, but the weather's changing. Things are getting crazy. And what did every one of these pivots End with every time we're going to freeze to death. Please give us money. Hold on. We're wrong. We missed the deadline. The Mayan calendar. We're all going to melt. Please give us money. All right. Well, it turns out we didn't melt. Buy a winter jacket. Uh, But we got to give reparations to the other countries. Please give us money. Why are they doing that? Because every time they give away your money, okay, your money, your tax dollars, it never gets spent on what it's supposed to. Okay, they're telling us right now they can't account for 20 billion dollars. That we gave Ukraine. What the hell did you just say? $20 billion. That's the point. So every one of these brazen lies, Afghan successful, oh, climate change reparations, blah, blah, blah. They're not looking out for the planet. They're not looking out for the underprivileged. They're not looking out for you. They're not looking out for me. They're always, 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 always looking out for them. You're absolutely right. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Do you have any reaction to the factory workers that were beaten and detained for protesting COVID lockdowns? Do you regret restricting airdrop access that protesters used to evade surveillance from the Chinese government? Do you think it's problematic to do business with the communist Chinese party when they suppress human rights? That is our Hillary Vaughn asking Apple CEO Tim Cook minutes ago about China's human rights abuses and Apple's being complicit in doing business with them. Tim Cook gives her no answer. What a loser. Yo, what did I say at the top of the hour before I even knew this was a thing? Don't sleep on the cab drivers. We all make fun of me. I make fun of me. Oh, Jimmy's so dumb. But I know things. Do you understand? I know human nature. I have a horse sense. I am not telling you I am intelligent. No one is ever going to copy off me on a test. But Tim Cook made his deal with Elon Musk. Hey, we'll keep advertising. Hey, we're not going to pull you from the app store because he didn't want the conversation to continue about China. He knows what he's talking about. Hillary Vaughn just asked him about China. And what did he say? 
Talk to the hand. That's just how white folks will do you. He ain't answering that because if he answers it in any capacity, he knows he gives the story more oxygen. He's a CEO. He has media training. It's the biggest, wealthiest company in the world. Believe me, they're prepping him before he walks those hallways. They are prepping him for how are we going to handle this? What are the optics going to be? What's going to go on? They do that. Okay, and he knows that if he gives her anything, oh, that's silly. That's a news story. Uh, that's not true. That's a news story. If he, we agree to disagree on the framing of the premise, that's a news story. Yes, it's also a news story that he didn't say anything. But, you know, sometimes no response is a good response when you're on the wrong side of the argument. I agree with that. You shut your mouth. You know, I got married. A lot of you have probably heard this. But I'll never forget the morning after what was left of my tattered body. We had a hell of a party. Me and Jenny went in. I mean, at the time, we are like, you know, this marriage is only going to last two and a half, three years tops. We might as well get a good night out of it. And we went hard. But I'll never forget in like a fleeting moment of consciousness the next day. I'll never forget my Uncle Sonny was like, keep your head down, kid. Keep your head down. And, you know, it's advice they give you in life. But that's Tim Cook pulling from that old wisdom. Just keep your head down. You're wrong. You look like an idiot. Just keep your head down and keep on going. And that's exactly what Tim Cook did. I admire your honesty. Some have some. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica, and I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and we are going to bring on a Democratic strategist. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Stop it. I, I say every day this show is an audio safe space for, for cool people, and uh, I co-sign this guy's cool. You know in the movie Fargo when Shep Proudfoot vouches for the guy? Yeah, Shep Proudfoot vouches for me. I am the Shep Proudfoot of this, and I don't mean to make Native American references, but I'm, I'm catering to the faction of Elizabeth Warren fans in the audience as well. Kevin Walling is on the show, and I couldn't be happier. Yo, Kevin. Hey, brother. How are you? I was worried, you know, with that Fargo reference that you're going to stick me in that wood chopper. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. And me and you are cool, man. I mean, honestly, cool. if you're going to wind cool. up in a wood, cho- wood chopper, it's because you just got engaged. Uh, congratulations. 
Big news off the market. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the whole staff is devastated. We're in bad shape here. <laughs> um, really quick, where were you uh, when you got engaged? And uh, just to be clear, because um, I was following the Twitter saga and liking things, but we have not spoken about this. I wanted to speak about it as human beings and not, you know, I, I believe our friendship and you throwing your life away is bigger than me just saying something in a tweet. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> exactly. let's talk about this. Um, where uh, where were you guys when you got engaged? So we were over in Ireland. Uh, I just got back yesterday. We did a, a free country tour, Ireland, the U.K., Ooh. and France before it all burns down to the ground in the next <laughs> couple of days and weeks. Uh, but we uh, I popped a question in a town called Kilkenny, yeah. uh, which is about an hour away from Dublin. There's a castle there. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Stayed out there. My folks were out there for it, uh, and uh, and he was surprised, Alex, my, my fiancé, mm-hmm. saying that now for the last week. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, was, it was just really magical. Um, let me ask you this, because I've been to, I was to Ireland for a wedding and I, I do love it there. Um, I do believe in some capacity driving in Ireland, you know, is kind of good preparation for the trials and tribulations of marriage. Is it not? A hundred percent. And for defending this administration day in, day out. On <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. I was good for you. Good for you. But I'm not done. We're not we're not transitioning out yet because um, I've I drove there with Jenny Fallon. It's the greatest thing in the world because you drive it on the other side of the road. The roads are so narrow and every single one of them has a rock wall along the road when you're anywhere in the country. And, you know, you're like you're going down the road in a car that doesn't fit in your lane and there's a bus coming down the other side of the road. How is everyone in Ireland not dead? Uh, it's a very good question. How many times did Jenny grab the wheel from you is my yeah. question <laughs> as you guys were going. Forget I mean, Jesus. Dude. Jenny, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Walling, that's going on anywhere in the world. That's not that's not unique to Ireland. That is going on anywhere. Uh, we're joining, if you're just joining us, the newly engaged Kevin Walling. He is off the market. How long, by the way, were you and Alex dating before you got engaged? Uh, we were together just over a year. Oh, wow. So, so you, you really put and, a lot of thought know, into this. Getting, yeah, though, this is good. I'm not getting any younger, you know, and uh, let's let, decide to lock it down. Oh, there you go. How old are you for real, Walling? I'm 37 years old. Oh, cause let me ask and you. And I used two yeah. different medical treatments for my hair, uh, <laughs> so I had to I had to pop the question before I lost any more. While the window was still open. Oh, exactly. Walling, that is hilarious to me. I, I will listen. I'm re- I'm really excited. Um, they've already had one White House wedding. Have you guys booked a second one? Yeah, uh, we're thinking about it, and and you know we we want to include you and Jenny just for the gift. Hopefully you won't be able to make it, but we'll send you the registration uh, link. <laughs> Good for you. What a dirtbag. I will be at Wallach. <laughs> you, you throw it. I'll, I'll be there. Um, now, let me ask you this then, since we're, since we're pivoting. Um, as, you know, a guy who worked for the administration or at least worked for the Biden campaign, do you have to give 10 percent of your wedding gifts to the big guy? Uh, there's definitely – got to tithe 100 percent. And more now – more looking like likely that he's going to run again. He needs all the money he can get in 2024. Yo, yo, he is not running again. I don't believe that. This is me and you talking friend to friend. Everybody kill the mics. Just let me talk to Kevin for a minute. I do not. I know why we're saying that is because we think he did better, you know, better outcome in the midterms and everything else. And, sure. and, and you know, I obviously respect your support for the president. Um, but I don't believe that. I, I believe obviously there's there's no power in saying you're not going to run again now because you already entered the lame duck phase of your presidency. But do you really look out at the world. And I think, to be honest with you, Kevin, I think this carries over into Trump, too. I think the fact that Trump is 76, Biden is 141, I think, is he had a birthday, right? And I think that between the two of them, there's a case being made within the country for just younger leadership. I would almost be willing to bet you anything. It's going to be like a DeSantis Newsom t- is what I think it's going to be. What do you think of that? 
Could be, and, we, and we've talked about that. Funny enough, I saw a tweet the other day uh, with the new guard taking over in the Democratic House caucus. For the first time, the leader of the House Democrats was born after World War II. That's crazy. Isn't that incredible yes. with the three leaders? Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see that transition to more, more younger leadership. But I'll tell you what, you know, you saw it with Trump. It's really tough. When you have the presidency, to willingly give it up. Yeah. Uh, and whether you're 76 like Trump or 80 like Joe Biden, it's, it's really tough, no, I think, I, to give it up. I think it's a 50-50 shot that, that, uh, that he runs. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I have been steadfast about this, uh, that I don't think it's going to happen, but that's the beauty, beauty of this show. It doesn't turn into a shout fest from here where one of us just tries to out. Like, uh, you, you've got a marriage to, to spend your life yelling at. I'm not going to do that to you, Wallen. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Kevin Walling is on the phone. We are talking across the aisle. We're talking all things America. Uh, they're in a tough spot, I think. This is not, you know, you, but they're, I, I, I hate when people put everything a Democratic Party does or a Democratic person does on the guest as if you agree or have co-signed every one of these decisions. I think that happens a lot in cable. I think it's very reductive a lot of times in news, and I want to do that to you. But I do think the White House was in a little bit of a pickle yesterday with KJP being asked about the border because more people are starting to speak to the problem. And her response Mm -hmm. was, he's been to the border. Now, I don't doubt at some point in the last 50 years he's been there. But to be clear, at no point during this presidency has he been to the border. Or did you guys go secretly with Alex to scout out proposal locations? (laughs) We're going to go to Guadalajara for uh, for our reception. Um, uh, Listen, you know, I I think, you know, a lot of folks on the right have made a a deal about, you know, the vice president not traveling there uh, and the president not traveling there. I mean, they get briefed nearly every day about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, again, I think the White House wants to avoid the imagery of, Mm -hmm. you know, the president standing next to the border wall. Right. You know, you see that all the time play out in campaigns. And then that becomes the clip that Republicans uh, mm-hmm. run. But I think you're seeing the, the White House entertain some different uh, options down there to get more strict, especially with you know the different uh, health protocols uh, lapsing mm-hmm. um, and what the response is going to be, because it is an unmitigated disaster. I think with the Republican House, you're going to see a lot more oversight on that. And, you know, the incoming speaker, potentially, if he has the votes, Kevin McCarthy says that, you know, uh, Mayorkas is going to be up there every single day or every other day. Uh, along with Kevin Comer, who's taken over oversight. So yeah. this is a problem that's not going away, mm-hmm. and and hopefully with some more oversight, and we'll we'll search some resources and figure this out. Yeah, no, uh, that we can only hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, do you believe John Kirby yesterday? When when do you believe that he believes that our Afghan troop withdrawal or withdrawal, whatever you want to call it, was the envy of other countries? No. Thank you. That's why we love you, Kevin. No, no we'd be honest. Go ahead. You can you can feel free to expand on the point, but that's why I love you because we can we can have an honest conversation. Yeah, no, and I and I love Admiral Kirby. You know, he's a two star rear, you know, former rear admiral. Spent most of his career uh, serving in the Navy beat Army, um, and you know, I, I think the administration was was handed a difficult situation to begin with. Right, you had this withdrawal agreed to by the the previous administration, yep. and that timeline. If we didn't go forward with that, they would have started. You know, attacks on our our men and women over there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you're trying to form a government with COVID mm-hmm. in the first part of the year. And, and I think the Biden administration just needs to admit that, you know, they, they were handed this really difficult card set mm-hmm. of cards from the previous guy. Mm-hmm. That no excuse, but also too that you know it was hugely problematic. No one foresaw, I think, you know, the Afghan government collapsing. Well. You know, 
days before the guy left. But don't you feel like the president of Afghanistan cut cut bait and ran? Yeah, well, let me let me add to that, because everything you said was true. Um, Trump did agree to leave. I don't believe he agreed to leave in the fashion they did, which was like troops out, one airport, a lot of civilians left behind. There was a bit of a mad scramble. But to the point of nobody seeing thereafter the Afghan government collapse, it's fascinating if we were that wrong because they collapsed. This was Mike Tyson versus Michael Spinks, the 1988 heavyweight fight that ended in 90 seconds, you know. But what I'm fascinated by, and you understand politics really well, is there had to be a strategic calculation internally on how are we going to address this facing the public and I think it really did hurt them I think it was a miscalculation to try to sell it as successful because it contradicted what people were seeing with their own eyes and I think what presidents traditionally do and maybe this is symptomatic of social media and the 24-hour news cycle but I think presidents traditionally could actually admit to mistakes but fire people as a way of insulating them from the mistake meaning put some distance between yourself and the generals who might have advised that type of withdrawal. But I think the fact that he didn't do that traditional thing was that like in your opinion, is that like a just a, a miscalculation or do you think that is symptomatic of the world we're living in now? Because nobody wants to admit anything is a mistake now because obviously the other side wins that day's news cycle and there's a massive pile on. So what do you think the big contributing factors were? Yeah, I think that's 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 probably very true. And, and again, I think you, you make an excellent point. I mean, we saw it play out day in, day night, day out in terms of the evening news coverage, all those Afghans trying to, to flee to those those mm-hmm. planes. And then you had an administration saying this is an orderly withdrawal. And, and I think you see the same elements across all administrations, right? You know, Donald Trump knew how deadly COVID was, and, and he was saying we're doing all that we can, mm-hmm. right? President Biden was saying, you know, we have full faith in the Afghan government when he was probably getting reports that, you know, Ghani and the rest of his uh, his cabinet uh, were total failures, and and I think you know there's it's twofold, right? You want to project confidence because you don't want this collapse to happen as quickly as it did. Similarly, you want to project confidence in government during the COVID crisis mm-hmm. uh, when we really didn't have uh, methods and, and treatments in place. Mm-hmm. So I think you see that all the time, and, and but I do think you know there needs to be some more humility in government, and you know we have gone past the days of I was wrong, yeah, uh, you know our intelligence was wrong. Uh, I made this decision. Now we can pivot to the Indo-Pacific and countering a rising China and taking on Putin. And and we couldn't have done that as well as I think we are uh, Mm -hmm. with the distractions of of troops in the Middle East. Yeah. So but but level with the American people, lay out that vision, Mm -hmm. um, I think is critically important. And, you know, you saw it with Reagan, right, Right. with the Ron Contra when he said, uh, you know, we were wrong. I, I, you know, I, you know, I was wrong. I still believe in my heart that I was fundamentally right, but the the facts are what they are. And his polling went up. Yep. You know, after Bill Clinton and, and the Monica Lewinsky Lewinsky scandal. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. I failed. His polling went up yep. and he won more seats in that midterm election and it took out Newt Gingrich. Yeah, because So the, maybe that there's you, a case to be made with what you're saying, Jimmy. Yeah, no, I do I do. I, I think what they if you play the long game, I think honesty is more important than optics. But I think now Amen. because of social media, it's like this just so heavily you know, focused on optics. Uh, last question then. What, what do you think historically will be remembered as more chaotic, the Afghan troop withdrawal or the dance floor at your wedding? <laughs> uh, <t-> TBD. <laughs> uh, if we play Get Your Freak On, which was my intro, yes, it was. Uh, I, think you're gonna, I think it's going to be the dance floor. You get a lot of Missy Elliott out of me, girlfriend. You always do. I um, love it. I love it. You know, I love talking to you, buddy. Congrats again on the engagement. We'll talk offline, but I appreciate us having this moment here on the air.
Thank you, brother. I always love joining you. Ah, Kevin Walling. You're such a sweet talker. I'll see you soon. There he goes, the great Kevin Walling. Uh, Democratic strategist, a man who worked, who worked on the Biden campaign. Get him out of here. Get him out. Stop it. This is what we do on our show. Got to be adults. Got to have a grown-up conversation. Oh, wow, you don't agree with the guy? You don't have to be mad. People got so transactional when it comes to politics. And I, I want to be clear. I believe a lot of it came from the left. But, you know, you might be bothered by that as a conservative, but you don't want to become the thing you hate. That's the problem. If you hate something long enough, you become it. That's the issue. So I'm always, you know, if you're out there, you're listening. I know a lot of people in D.C., like the most influential people in D.C. listen to the show all day because I'm a regular guy and they know the audience kind of relates to the things that come out of my mouth. That's my superpower on TV. I'm not being arrogant or or anything. You know, like last night I was on with Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters looks like a TV star. I'm sitting next to him. I look like the guy who installed your TV. So it gives us a degree of relatability. It's a really lethal thing. I, I always tell you this. My superpower is the fact that I don't actually have one. That's the hook. But the one thing I like about Walling and anybody who listens to this show, if you're on in D.C. and you're willing to concede points and come on and have a good faith exchange of ideas, we need this, dude. We need more of this. Like it would actually help the country if people like us had a bigger impact on national discourse, you know, for real. Like I'm not, you know, obviously things seem to be going good. I'm doing a lot more TV and the show's growing like crazy, Um, but we're actually helping. Like that's the point. That's why I say to you guys, like I am actually proud of this audience. Because every one of these events I go to, I meet you guys. I'm like, these people are amazing. They're cool. They're completely reasonable. They're not like hot-headed idiots. They don't want to get in a fight. They don't want to cancel anybody. And I really do mean it if we were going to have a moment here. I am, uh, you know, I'm very, very proud of, of this. I mean, very proud of most of you. <laughs> There's some of you. Come on. We've had some, some nights out there. I think we're just going to go to break on this. We're back after this. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. Oh, man. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Itty Bitty Pretty One. By the way, Joe Biden using another Itty Bitty Cheat Sheet at the press conference. He's doing with Emmanuel Macron right now at the White House. Uh, Biden once again. And you talk about demonstrating weakness on the world stage. I don't want to get mad at the president. I don't care who the president is. If they do well, we do well. That should be everybody's attitude. You don't have to root for their legislation. I hate all this climate change crap. I hate the border policy. I hate the monetary policy that's crushing us on inflation. I wish these policies worked. I don't like them, but I'd be happy if they worked and I had to say, hey, I was wrong. People aren't getting crushed. People can afford gas. I would be happy to be wrong if it meant your lives were right. Things were going good, but they're not going good. And we got a guy out right now doing a joint press conference. They're having a state dinner tonight at the White House. First state dinner in history to take place at 4 p.m. because the guy goes to bed at 6. I don't actually know what time it's taking place. But the point is, demonstrating weakness on a world stage, you're standing toe-to-toe in your White House. This is a home game. You got Macron next to you. You're standing in your White House. You're the leader of the free world. You're the most powerful man on the planet. And he pulls out the card. Because they gave me a list of reporters I'm supposed to speak to first. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. And that's Macron's takeaway as he's looking at him. The body language on this, 
Macron looks like a cat getting a bath. You know, the cat's in the sink. It's got the flat ears. Wow. You know, oh, come on. Awful. You know what I'm saying? It's exactly what's going on right now. It's a cat getting a bath in the sink, and Biden's reading off his cheat sheet. Oh, it's not good, man. Uh, but we'll, we'll turn it around in the next hour. Chadwick Moore is coming by right here on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. It is a big hour, a plus-sized hour. It's the kind of hour you got to buy at, like, Costco, Sam's Club. you got to get a membership to buy an hour this big of Fox Across America. You talk about an embarrassment of radio riches. Chadwick Moore, uh, regular. You watch him all the time on Tucker Carlson. He, of course, stole the final exam from me in a controversial finale uh, a few weeks back, a few months back. But he is going to stop by to discuss uh, a fake hate crime, very emblematic of Jussie Smollett, that took place out in California. We'll discuss it. We're going to talk about the Biden presser with Emmanuel Macron uh, that's going on at the White House. they got a state dinner tonight. Uh, They're serving lobster. People are upset. The Biden administration imposing regulations on Maine lobstermen, crushing jobs, screwing up the industry with all of their big government regulations. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Every single time. So there's a lot going on. Okay, there's this free speech battle that I've been all over because the First Amendment is first for a reason. It's the most important right you have. When you control the language, you control the people. So if your radio buddy Jimmy has been a little hopped up this week, it's because this game has been on the line, okay? We do a very jokey, lighthearted show, and believe me, it's about to go off the rails in this hour. Uh, But the free speech thing, just to get us up to speed, Apple uh, did meet with Elon Musk yesterday. Tim Cook did say uh, that we're going to continue to advertise on Twitter, and no, we did not ever once, ever plan the deplatform Twitter from the App Store. Stop lying to us. Of course they did, because everybody did. Because if you lean to the left, free speech is not your friend. It's not your friend, you lean to the left. Free speech and the stifling thereof has been the centerpiece of the Democratic offensive strategy. Killing a Hunter Biden laptop story in the run-up to the election swung the election. Swung the election, straight up. It's a game-changing pass interference call. Okay, when you read that 15% of Biden voters would have changed their vote if they knew the Hunter Biden story, you're talking about 12, 13 million votes in an election decided by less than 50,000. Okay, the idea that all of these news organizations got together and decided to ban the story. This is total crap. And every one of them, what are they doing now? Yoel Roth, I was on the outnumbered couch today. He was the content moderator at Twitter, the senior content moderator. He's now saying, he's now saying, well, in hindsight, it was a mistake to ban the Hunter Biden laptop story. And why is he admitting that? For the same reason CBS is admitting that. For the same reason the New York Times finally admitted it. For the same reason the Washington Post finally admitted it. Okay? Because the truth is coming like a freight train. Oh, is it ever. And understand, the Republicans took back the House and Elon Musk took back Twitter, which means he can leak their internal discussions. 
So everybody that was a part of those discussions is like, this could be a problem. And they're trying to repurpose the position they took as an honest mistake. It was not an honest mistake. They all got together and made a collaborative decision to try and do everything at their behest to swing the election towards Biden. Understand, they're still being political to this day in an attempt to protect the Democrats and to protect Biden. And how can I make that claim? Because every single news organization, every one of them, CBS, Washington Post, New York Times, uh, this idiot at Facebook, every one of them that now admits the story is real is not expanding on that new reality. If it's real, now what? You're admitting it's real, that there are laptops out there with the Bidens on them, shaking down foreign governments for money while Biden was the sitting vice president of the United States. He should be behind bars. I don't know what we're there yet, but the point is if you're admitting the story is real, if you're admitting the laptop is real, if you're admitting the contents of the emails are real, then you are admitting that we potentially have a compromised president who at the very least was actively aware that his son was selling influence in our government. Hunter's a dirtbag. Okay, th- if that's the case, the story's not supposed to stop with, oh, by the way, it's real. Now, don't ask me about it ever again. If you truly care, if you truly just got it wrong in good faith, that would ostensibly mean you now want to get it right and see this investigation to the hilt. Is any of the outlets, the Washington Post, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, excuse me, CBS, any of these outlets calling for additional investigations now that they've admitted it was real? The answer would be no. That's the biggest scam of all. It's all a scam. It's all about politics. Okay, and we talk about politics because this is the best story. We're getting off this. We're not doing hunters. I'm going to get you guys riled up. It's going to entertain you. It's going to entertain you in this hour. A little razzle-dazzle, a couple balloon animals. Make do a couple of card tricks. Uh, What's a jack of spades? That's what I got. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. No, I'm silly. Okay, so there's a big story. Uh, it's been making the rounds all over the country this week. We covered it on Gutfeld last week. I don't doubt that they've covered it since, but obviously they covered it better when I was on the show. But stick with me. Um, Balenciaga got in a lot of trouble. $25 million ad campaign, if you remember, that showed children, children, in actual bondage. That's not right. Like S&M bondage. Okay. Handcuffed, all, you know, painted up. And one of the ads, uh, the kid happens to be, I wish I was making this up, standing over a draft of a Supreme Court decision banning kitty porn. This is absolutely gross. Okay, that is the Balenciaga ad, the sexualization of children. They got kids in S&M lingerie standing over. If you haven't seen this ad, it's all over the Internet. It's a big controversy. Okay, Uh, with a they show the corner. They're being cute. They're being provocative. Okay, Balenciaga is showing a kid in bondage. You are disgusting. Really? And there was a big uproar. People like, you know, shame on you. That's disgusting. Now, some of the celebrities like Kim Kardashian are reexamining their relationship with Balenciaga, which basically means they're waiting to see if this blows over so they can keep making money off the company. That is correct. Okay, but understand, this is disgusting. There has been a rightful backlash. People on the right are losing their minds because they're done with the sexualization of little children. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And you've heard a lot of Republicans on Twitter. They keep using the term groomer. They keep calling any one of these Democrats that wants to take a five-year-old to a drag show 
any one of these Democrats that wants to show a five-year-old in bondage in a fashion ad. They're calling them groomers. They're saying that these folks are engaging in the type of behavior that sexualizes a child at an early age, which makes them more likely to engage in these filthy, disgusting sexual shenanigans that the older perpetrator is hoping to get the child to willfully engage in. It's called grooming. Okay, Republicans pushing back against grooming children, teaching them sex at the age of five, taking them to drag shows, Okay, putting them in bondage in $25 million ad campaigns. According to MSNBC, okay, Republicans are doing that because they're trying to elicit violence against LGBTQ groups. No, 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 no. What we're trying to do, what we're trying to do is get people to stop sexualizing the children. We're trying to call it out so it doesn't lead to violence against the kids. Okay, the people who are out there abusing children aren't nice to them. Like there's no world, there's no world where we're the bad guys for calling this out. But here's MSNBC trying to make us the bad guys. Clip 13. When someone says things about the LGBTQ community that, uh, you know, people on the far left, radical left, want to groom your children uh, for pedophilia, uh, these statements have consequences. And when people make these kinds of statements designed to elicit a violent response, it is no surprise that people take that bait. And so I think we need to uh, ensure that statements that are inciting violence are seen as conduct and not speech. Oh. God, I mean, really. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Okay. So if we should see people who are calling this stuff out, their words should be seen as conduct and not just speech. Then what does that say about your words in defense of children in bondage? I think he's got a point. What does it say about your words in defense of taking a five-year-old to a drag show strip club? If words are conduct, I mean, this is actual conduct. So what does it say about you? Nobody on the right is calling for violence. This is the problem we have in this country. There's a debate raging politically on any issue you want to throw at me. Okay, the Democrats are debating what they claim the Republicans stand for. Okay, Ron DeSantis signs a bill. Okay, it's the Parental Rights and Education Act. The bill does not say the word gay at any point, not once, in its six pages. Okay, it says it is illegal in the state of Florida to teach sexual education or sexual identity to children between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. That's the bill. The Democrats have begun something called the Don't Say Gay Bill. That's it's the Don't Say Gay. He's banning gay people. Democrats are so full of crap. That's not the debate. Okay, the debate was Republicans don't want little kids being taught sex at the end of at the age of five. Back in the day, if someone wanted to teach your kids sex at the age of five, I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. I punch him in the throat. Okay, I'm not calling for violence. I'm saying the standard has changed. But understand the point she's making is Republicans calling out the people who want to sexualize children. They're calling them out. They're not punching them out. They're calling them out. Okay, but you shouldn't even be allowed to call them out because it might lead to violence. How about you shouldn't be allowed to touch the kids? I feel like that's a little more reasonable position. No, but this is the debate we're having. It's not about reality. It's about what they want you to think it is, which brings me to a heck of a radio tease, if I may. There is a California state senator 
who tried uh, quite earnestly last night to fake a hate crime against himself for being a gay man. And he sent himself a hate message, a death threat. Uh, And the reason we know he sent it to himself is because before he posted the screenshot, he forgot to hit return on the keyboard, so the cursor is flashing on the screen. (laughs) I mean, you laugh, but the guy should be in jail. Okay, the people who fake hate crimes, we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. When you get out there and you, you know, fake a hate crime, you tell people, oh, we're under attack. Jesse Smollett's a good example. Everybody who ran with the story right away, that really has a toxic effect on society because the people calling out the fake hate crime are branded in the eyes of the people who believe this crap because it just makes them feel like a better person. Well, I know better than the people questioning Jesse Smollett. I know better than the people questioning this Democratic state senator. People gravitate towards that self-righteousness. They gravitate towards that moral superiority. The Democrats know that. So they throw out these fake hate hoaxes all the time. Remember Bubba Wallace in NASCAR? It's the most absurd thing in the world. They had a pull-down rope on his garage. Okay? The media, ESPN, everybody in the world ran with the fact that there was a noose in his garage. Did they bother to check? He's a black driver, I should point out. Did they bother to check... Any of the white driver's garages, anybody else's garages to see if they had these ropes? The answer would be no. But the minute they did, they go, oh, this is a pull down in the garage. Oh, every driver has one. It's not even a noose. Okay, it's nothing to do with a noose. They're here. It's part of the design. But we ran with that as if it was a hate crime. And for a week, and Bubba Wallace tweeted about it, and all the corporations had to issue their big statements, and we're good people, and we don't condemn this, uh, condone this kind of crap. That's what they do. And the people who fake these hate crimes do it for gain. Jussie Smollett was going to get let go by the show. What a lot of people don't tell you about Jesse Smollett is long before he pretended to go get beat up on the way to Subway at 2 in the morning, he had already got caught by the producers of Empire writing a letter, a death threat, to himself. To himself. He got caught. And his employer knew he got caught. And they were quietly going to let him go for faking that hate crime. So he went out and he faked another one. Okay, that happened. Okay, they do this for gain because victimhood equals currency in the minds of a lot of modern liberals. Victimhood equals currency. I was wrong. Give me something. I was wrong. This makes me cooler. I was wrong. Rally around me. Give me a promotion. Go to my movie. That's what we got to do. Do you remember Billy Eichner, that jackass? He has a movie, a gay rom-com called Bros. Just a garbage movie. But he went to the MTV VMAs. And if you remember, he's like... You got to go see my movie because we got to show Clarence Thomas and all those homophobes on the Supreme Court that America loves my gay movie. You're a loser. And he was a loser. Nobody went to say it. And he tried to blame it on homophobia. But if it was just because America's homophobes, then how did Brokeback Mountain make a trillion dollars and win four Oscars? Okay. We don't like it's not that we're anti-gay movie. We're just anti-bad movie. So nobody went. But the point is, Billy Eichner was trying to leverage victimhood. Hey, I'm an aggrieved party here, a gay man in America. You owe me something. Go to my movie. But the problem is, with free speech coming back, okay, victimhood is no longer currency. Okay, currency, once again, we can only hope and pray, becomes honesty. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! 
Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Oh, it is December 1st. You're going to hear some Christmas music on this show. For me, this is when it starts in my house. Jenny and Lincoln woke up to the Peanuts album today. Charlie Brown Christmas special. You're damn right they did. And Jenny knew it was coming. She came down the stairs and, and she apparently said to Lincoln yesterday, I guarantee, because I always play music in my house. My house, we have a very musical, it's a loud house. Okay, me, Jenny, and Lincoln, it's weird because we're the parents, we're the one kid, but we live in like a frat house. It's very rowdy. And uh, I'm up first and I get my writing done. And when I hear her alarm go off, I turn up the stereos and just start banging music. Well, apparently Jenny told Lincoln yesterday, I guarantee you he switches to Charlie Brown music (laughs) on December 1st. And lo and behold, that's exactly what I did. So, Jenny, uh, Circle gets a square in this family edition of Hollywood Squares. Uh, No square for Whoopi Goldberg. She's an idiot. Uh, The term I use a lot is weapons-grade stupid. Piggybacking off of the earlier claim by Barbara McQuaid on MSNBC that Republicans are trying to get gay people killed. Here's Whoopi Goldberg claiming doctors let gay people die because they are, it's against their beliefs. This is clip 14. I don't have to believe what you believe. You don't have to believe what I believe. But you don't really have the right to stand and tell me that you're a doctor, but you won't take care of me because I'm gay. You know, you don't have that right anymore. We got re- we fought because so many people died trying to get to a doctor and a doctor who would not see them. So when you talk about right to life, whose life are we talking about? Because if you're talking about what I believe and what you believe, when you have a Hippocratic oath, Mm. you don't draw a line. You don't make those distinctions. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Does anybody, this is a straw man argument. And as Mikey pointed out, this show somehow falls under the news division. Of ABC News. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, but does anybody, anyone listening, you can call in. Lines are open. I would never deny you. If you, I, I, I'm happy to be wrong. This is a talk show. This is not a stroke Jimmy's ego. He has to be the omnipotent right host. But can anybody, does one person, okay, have a doctor you can point me towards that says he doesn't treat gay people, let him die? The answer would be no. No, not at all. But we have heard very prominent Democrats demand that we don't treat unvaccinated people and let them die. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who... Gobbled horse goo. Rest in peace, Wheezy. It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Whoa. You talk about having a conversation. People say America needs to have a conversation. You need to fly into the storm on these hot topics. You need a host that's willing to hear out both sides. Uh, We do it as much as we can. Uh, And we're certainly going to do that now because joining us in studio, not only a journalist and a contributor 
editor at The Spectator. He is also the head of Balenciaga's fashion campaigns. Uh, <laughs> he approves every photo that goes That's into right. the magazines personally. Right. Yeah. He hires the children himself. Right. He does yes. all the painting, all the Supreme Court drafts that go into the photos. Chadwick yes. Moore is here. We Yo. thought it was avant-garde. I don't know what all the fuss is about. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, Chadwick Moore has nothing to do with Balenciaga. We're having a silly time now. Yes, we're having a silly time. But hold on. Yes. So just jump right in, yeah. Chadwick Moore. Just yes, sir. Let's gay up the show. Let's gay it up, okay. man. Let's you, do it. We've had a pretty gay show today. Um, uh, Kevin, As Kevin, opposed to normal days. Kevin Walling was on. Well, we, <laughs> normal days is just my wardrobe. It's, you know, it's normal. It's just my wardrobe and my search history. But right. today we've really – I'm kidding. Today we have really committed today to the show. Um, the argument that I was just playing, uh-huh. not an argument I was making, but an argument I was reacting to by Barbara McQuaid, who was on MSNBC, is that conservatives on Twitter – are using the term groomer uh-huh. in hopes of eliciting violence <laughs> right. against the people sexualizing children. Now, yeah. my take, and we'll hear yours, um, is that I think – obviously, I don't think that's the plan here. I think we're trying to call out a bad thing that could potentially lead to violence against children. Yeah. But it's a weird thing going on in our country because they are trying to make this position defensible. Which yeah. is like sexualized children. What's the big deal? There was a New York Magazine, I believe, piece about how the Republicans mad about Balenciaga. This is a QAnon thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, What's going that. on yeah. here, Moore? So you explain, speaking from the, from the gay side of the aisle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The rainbow side of the aisle. Yeah, is that what you call it? The pink pews. Yeah. Can we say any of this on the air? I probably should have asked, but here we are. Yeah, because I'm here. It's yeah, fine. you're here. Yeah, He's yeah, just co-signing yeah. what I'm, I say exactly. correctly or incorrectly about his community. Jimmy is not a homophobe. I can attest to that. No, not even close. He's not Come even on. close. Listen, yeah. the rent don't pay itself, folks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. Hey, uh, stick with me. You know who runs the media. It's the gays. Oh, no! Who let Kanye West? Like, you behave. You behave. Uh, but are they trying to elicit violence? Like I well, don't frame this for me. Explain it's it. it's the most amazing thing that they go from saying the the rhetoric against groomers is anti LGBT, which it's it's a it's not a mental leap to say so all LGBT people are groomers. Yeah, I mean people are acknowledging something that is. In fact, happening. We mm-hmm. see it everywhere. You can go to libs of TikTok and see every all these teachers yeah. proudly talking about how they talk about their sex lives with their students. No weird. Isn't it so bizarre? We didn't know our teacher's first name. <laughs> I you know. I mean, let alone what Do they – Do you want to die laughing about that? Right, yeah. Uh, I got a shout-out from my fourth-grade teacher. Once uh-huh. I, was, I was filling it on the five. I said, my fourth-grade teacher, Mrs. Germano. Uh-huh. Mrs. Germano saw me talking on the five. Uh-huh. She tracked me down through a Facebook message and sent me a message. Oh, and really? she's like, Jimmy, it's Norma Germano, your fourth grade teacher. <laughs> and that was 1986. From 1986 <laughs> to 2022, I did not know her name was Norma. You just found out it was Norma. Let alone what kind of kink she was <laughs> into. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> What's going on? Well, it's almost like they they've lo- they they realize finally they without admitting it they've accepted that nobody cares if yeah. you're gay. Nobody cares about gay marriage. The the nope. that battle is over. Way gone. But they have to sort of drum up the imaginary monsters. Yes. So it's the well this groomer rhetoric is actually a keyword for we hate gay people. They yeah, should yeah. be jailed or whatever. But you know, like you make the, be- the the best point though. That's the point is when they say groomer is anti LGBT. So they're saying LGBTQ people that LGBTQ elemental people should be offended by that. Why are more people saying, "Whoa, whoa, don't equate us with this this Mm -hmm. grooming stuff"? They act like it's not real. Are we trying to say that this doesn't happen? Yeah, of course it happens. Uh And now it's 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 out there, and it's bizarrely forcing the left and the the Mm -hmm. gay activists to defend the most indefensible, disgusting thing you could possibly do. It what's so weird 
is this thing that happens on the left where they speak for communities. Yeah. You know, like, I'll, I'll take everybody back to the year 2020. Yeah. You know who really didn't want to defund police? Black people. Most yeah. black people. If they were in Congress, yeah. they had a security detail, fine. Right. But yeah. plenty of black people called into this show and were like, hell no. Well, they studied at a Gallup poll of like 30,000 black Americans found that 80% wanted policing conducted as mm-hmm. it was in their yes. communities. They of wanted course. They wanted the same number of cops or more police. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they speak for communities. That's where the problem starts. Yeah. Chadwick Moore is in studio, head speech writer for Nick Fuentes. Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm just giving you a hard time there. It's just nice to see you. It's nice to see you, too. Uh, There's a thing going on that I'm so fascinated by in that everybody is now starting to admit, and it's not an admission, but they're starting to claim they got the Hunter Biden laptop story wrong. Yeah. The claim is we got it wrong, but wrong would imply they tried to get it right. <laughs> That's a really they good They didn't try to get it That's right. That's smart. Yeah. This story happened, and they were like, uh-huh. we need to make it go away as soon yeah. as possible. Yeah. And the reason I can make that claim is because there is no new information in 2022 that we didn't have in 2020. You're right. So they're not making this claim based on, well, we went back and checked. They're making this claim based on Elon bought Twitter, the Republicans <laughs> control the House. Yeah. We're going to look really bad when everybody <laughs> accepts this is true. Is that not what's happening? Yeah, that's a, that's a smart take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got wrong. What the yeah. fact that it was true? Yeah, yeah. no new information. The fact, has the fact come that out. his living, breathing business partner came forward and was like, "Yeah, these are my emails too. I'm on them. Exactly. Here's the picture. Here's the guys. Here's how it worked." And remember all the CIA intelligence people they dragged out to say, "Well, yeah. oh, this is obviously Russian." Fifty-one of them. Fifty-one. Yeah, fifty-one. Many of yeah. them still employed. Amazing. It's so nuts Amazing. how it works in this country. But this is why we are the way we are. Yeah. Should Elon Musk hire a food taster? He has the money. I think he absolutely should. Like, Tim said, this is what happened. <laughs> Let me give you more theories. Chadwick Moore in studio giving you more. With Chadwick Moore, there you go. It's like a segment. Yeah, yeah. So Tim Cook uh, mm-hmm. has his meeting with Elon Musk yesterday. He's like, all right, we're not going to you know, stop advertising. Yeah. We, we were never going to deplatform you, which I think for me is, is an expedient move by Tim Cook because he doesn't want Elon Musk and he doesn't want any of this incoming fire about their relations with China. He yeah. wants that to go away. Exactly. So Hillary Vaughn just asked him this. He just walked by Hillary Vaughn and she asked him, do you have the clip, Josh? Because I don't know if you heard this. this is so fresh. We're a cutting edge show. Here, take it away. <laughs> do you have any reaction to the factory workers that were beaten and detained for protesting COVID lockdowns? Do you regret restricting airdrop access that protesters used to evade surveillance from the Chinese government? <laughs> wow. Do you think it's problematic to do business with the communist Chinese party when they suppress human rights? <laughs> I had not heard that. That just happened. That is amazing. That's Tim Cook that- because he knows any response gives it more oxygen. Of course. So he's not touching that. There's a reason why he's the CEO of the most powerful <laughs> company in the world. Actually, he knows what he's doing here. You can actually yeah. hear the media training dripping out of the, the spare ear because <laughs> yeah. he knows he can't touch that. Right. Yeah. Straight MC Hammer. He's listening to can't touch this. There's headphones. You can't touch this. <laughs> exactly. You are not touching this subject. That's what's going on, though. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Because there's so much of that, I think, I mean, right now, I don't think this is new, but when you look at the corporations that are completely owned by China, Nike is owned by China, the NBA is owned by China, Yeah. uh, but they're still willing to, like, within a week or two, something will happen in this country, and Mm -hmm. they'll be like, we're the good guys, Yeah. oppression, bad, Right. (laughs) we fight it at every corner. (laughs) Yeah. We fight it at every street corner as long as that street isn't in Beijing, Shanghai. We can't be there. Oh, what about what's her name? Uh, Taylor Lorenz. Oh, gosh. With her coming out just 
flat out saying yeah. what China is doing is right. We need yeah. more of this in America. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. we need this more of this. Tamp down. <laughs> the people are getting welded into their houses. Right. Yeah. It's so crazy. We're talking to Chadwick Moore. Uh, he is here. We're pumped up to have him. Co-host of the Alex Jones podcast. I'm yes, kidding. that's right. Yeah, yeah. How many, I'm trying to think how many bad credits can I give you? None of this is true. We're having a nice time. Right. But this is another thing, another attempt at weird, wacky uh, revisionist history. Uh-huh. I don't know if this is even revisionist because it's ongoing. This, this G- dirt bag, I got a, we got an FCC license to hold on to. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Bankman Freed, SBF, who is basically Bernie Madoff. Worse. With a stand, but worse, <laughs> but with a standing ovation. He does right. a New York Times symposium. You're paying $2,000 to hear a guy speak who just robbed everyone of their life savings. It was like a rogues gallery of evil. Yeah. And all the times just like. <laughs> ben Affleck I mean, what, showed up. I, I know. I mean, what was the symposium? What was the theme? Like how to screw the middle class and that, laugh about it? Like, I, said, what was, I said this on Outnumbered earlier, and I'm going to say it again. This is the best investment tip I'm going to give everybody. Uh, Never give your life savings to a guy in a stained T-shirt no. and shorts. Do not. This guy is in the Bahamas. <laughs> they were having these Bitcoin conferences. Everyone's flying down there. It doesn't matter that you're in the Bahamas. Like you're not on the boat at these conferences. So yeah. he's on stage. I'm looking at these pictures because I didn't follow that story. Yeah. It was a big crypto blockchain guy but when the story blows up everybody loses their money we're back in Madoff mode and I was driving a cab during Madoff mode so Mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's I connect with it I remember the vibe I remember all of it um the minute I saw the photos it's Bill Clinton Tony Blair sitting on a stage in the fancy chairs Uh they're drinking the bottle of water you haven't heard of Uh what brand is that (laughs) That, I mean I've never seen a label like that that's crazy the shape of the bottle so they're on stage in this high-end bottled water fancy shirt symposium, uh-huh. and the keynote speaker is a guy in shorts and a T-shirt. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that's a sign. If you have any horse sense, uh-huh. if it looks incongruent, it's because it is. Someone once told me in my cab, it's a great story, about the eight-second rule of Buddhism. I don't uh-huh. even know if it's true, but he uh-huh. told me this theory, that everything you interact with in life, you form an opinion on it within eight seconds of seeing it. Oh, I like this guy. Oh, I don't trust this guy. Oh, yeah. this looks like a good deal. No, I'm not making that deal. And he said 99 times out of 100, your opinion in eight seconds is your lasting opinion. You may divert from it for six years, right. five months. But, you know, by the time you're done with this subject, you'll be like, I, I knew it all along. Right. You yeah. know, you pesky kids, I knew it was you all along. <laughs> yeah. When I saw the guy, I saw the picture. The guy's in shorts sitting next to the president in yeah. a room full of, like, uh, suit-clad people. Yeah. I'm like, and we're just giving this guy all of our money? What is this modern phenomenon that – are we trained to think the – more disheveled and and dirty someone looks that there's some there must be some sort of brilliance thank you well there's a thing because he 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 invested in the right causes so they're like all right he doesn't wear pants and he's spending all the money on hookers but he says he wants to save the climate he's gonna have green energy prostitution that's what he's gonna have all the cocaine is locally sourced farm to table and they're like yeah this guy's good yeah so what they're doing now is they're trying to portray him. This guy got an interview with George Stephanopoulos that was not like a Greta Thornburg, how dare you? Uh-huh. It was like a, tell us what went wrong. <laughs> As if this guy is like a, ran into some hard luck as this good benevolent yeah. soul. And it's just, lo and behold, the bad bounce of the ball, everyone's broken homeless now. Right. But that's not what happened. <laughs> no. He was knowingly robbing these people. So are they trying to rehabilitate him to rehabilitate them? Meaning if they make it look like he's a tough luck story in the end, they're not as egregious in pushing a lot of this stuff forward without ever vetting it. Is that where we are? You are a very smart man, Jimmy. I Come don't know, on, I don't know if you get enough more. credit for being as smart Hold as you are. You really now. are. That, 
Yeah, that's right. Oh, they have to do that all the time. Yeah, everything's they, for they that have, It's everything. For, yeah. <laughs> Still, we do now. They yeah. they wrong the world. Yes. And then a year goes by, and everyone's like, you know, they really screwed us over there. And they're yeah. like, oh, in second thought. <laughs> Now, now that we're not touching this subject ever again, we should bury this in page 38 of a 45-page article right. and admit the Hunter Biden laptop is real. Which was the brief moment when they appeared to be going after Biden before the yeah. midterms. And now that Biden basically got a referendum Boom. to keep going as he's doing, yep. they're off of it now. Boom. Okay, he's, he's good. People like him. We're damn, good. That's why you that? book. Yeah. That is why you book Chadwick. That's why you – damn it. That right there. Because here's the next yeah. thing. Said this earlier. This is how you know it's all political garbage. Everybody who is saying, "Oh, we got it wrong on Hunter Biden." Okay, well, but 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 they're not saying, and this is how you know it's political to investigate now. If right. you're admitting you got it wrong, you're admitting it's all real. Yeah, you're admitting he sold influence. You're admitting the drugs, the, the government, him paying Biden's expenses, the ten percent for the big guy. Yep. If you're saying all of this s is real, yes. So where is the cavalry coming on back of that and saying, "Well, then where's the investigation?" Because they don't care. It's only about. Them preserving them. themselves. Self-preservation. Yes. A revisionist <clears throat> ass covering is yes. what's going on right now. There's so much of it. And if yeah. the Republicans don't win the House and Elon Musk doesn't buy Twitter, none of this is going on. Exactly. Do you think Yoel Roth, wherever he happens to be right now, yeah. probably doing heroin and I'm not slandering, I'm joking, <laughs> but probably doing whatever he's doing, some organic, uh, you know, locally sourced heroin. I'm kidding. Yeah. But, but the point is, do you think he was ever, there was going to be a world where he was just going to get out of bed one day and be like, you know, I was thinking about the Hunter Biden story. <laughs> I know I'm not a Twitter anymore. I know I have nothing to do with Twitter. Yeah. I know it's completely unsolicited. Right. But I was thinking about the story. Yeah. They're trying to get ahead of the fact, because I heard him, his calculated defense was, well, everything in my gut said not to, but it was triggering every one of these hacked filter things at Twitter. Yeah. And I was like, well, if it looks that way, but we're about to find out what we found out from Mark Zuckerberg, at least give him this for revisionist honesty. Yeah. The FBI came to them. Amazing. And was like, yeah, you got to kill this. Yeah. And what kind of lawsuits does that open up these companies toward for anyone who is censored? Because now you can sue on the government violating your First Amendment. If they were acting as arms of the federal government to violate your First Amendment rights, Mm -hmm. it opens a can of worms. Everybody who says, oh, democracy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Protecting democracy. Uh That is actual (laughs) election interference. That is like straight, tangible election interference. If the government and a political party came to the public square and said, you can't talk about this. And they were wrong. And they knew it at the time. And I guarantee you they knew it at the time because there are uh, um, uh, SARs, 150 SARs about the Biden family, suspicious activity reports about his banking transactions. So if you're in the FBI, they know that's a thing at the time they're killing the story because it happened under Obama. Of course. I'm telling you, cab drivers, no one will copy office off on a test, but we know things. You do. You really do. It's a scam, Chadwick Moore. Absolutely. Quick break. You want to stick around and close the show with me? Yeah, I'd love to. A couple more gay things coming up after this. I love gay things. (laughs) The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you missed me on Outnumbered today, it is on the Fox Across America Facebook page. Uh, and there's still some Fallon vision left. I'll be on Kennedy tonight with the K train, and I am scheduled uh, to be on with Sean Hannity on the Fox News Channel in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll see how that goes. But right now, it's you and me time, and not just you and me. 
I brought along Chadwick Moore. Hey, Chadwick Moore's back. I'm back, Jimmy. You got called over to the Carson couch. You know how the comics would do a set and yeah. he'd wave them over, and when they came back from commercial, they were there? Uh, that was great. It was yeah. kind of that, was... except in this instance, he just wouldn't leave. Exactly. I said, I'm not leaving. <laughs> Carson was like, can you get out of here? Security's on the way. <laughs> He's got to go. This guy's a threat. And Ed McMahon was like, you are correct, sir. <laughs> He's still here. There's nothing still... we can do. we got to get better security. That's right. That's right. So the, the moral of the story is everyone, 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 everyone is full of is that that's what we were to learn today? You learn that. To, yeah. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. It's a weird it's, comeuppance. It is. What I'm amazed at is the Democrats did do better in the midterms than we all expected, mm-hmm. but including them, like their internal polling, mm-hmm. the reason they were yelling about election is because they were planning to call it stolen when they lost. Right. <laughs> that's the whole point. <laughs> and just to make clear that election denier, the term they invented, yeah. isn't really a concern to them because Hakeem Jeffries is replacing Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. And Hakeem Jeffries has been saying the 2016 election was stolen every day since November 8th, 2016. <laughs> right. They don't care. <laughs> That's the point. Not. It's all fraud. It's Even all fraud. when they say, like, Twitter, we're looking out for people. If you're looking out for people, how is TikTok allowed in the country? Exactly. Exactly. When you think about, like, the words could lead to violence. People are killing people on Facebook Live. You can, like, hey, I'm going to go shoot these. And they do it. Yeah. If words lead to violence, what is I don't know. Are they, are they trying to say that that's cathartic for the viewer and they're less likely to act? Like, of course not. Of course. But this is psychotic. Yeah. But back to my original theory, which is everyone's full of it. Except you, Chadwick Moore. Yeah, well, you know, you, you speak the, the straight talk, my friend. You're not full of it either. Jimmy Fallon, yeah. man of the people. Man of the people, man of the people. I, I, go ahead. If you had a closing thought, I didn't I don't. I was, it's, one of the, it's one of the depressing things you learn as you get older that everyone's full of it. They just are. You know, even on your own side, most people are full of it. That's, that's why I say this to people you know? every day. I say you're all in the happiness business. Don't be so obsessed with politics and everything yeah. else. If you die tomorrow, you're just going to wish you had more fun today. It's quite yeah. fun. Whatever that means, guys. That's right. I'm not saying you should shoot a Balenciaga ad, but I'm saying if no. there are other things you enjoy that are productive and somewhat <laughs> legal or at least defensible in the court of law, by all means. Good parting words. Show is over. I'll see everybody on TV. Chadwick Moore will always have this. Yeah, we will. As for the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.